Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 64 of Connection, Not Perfection. The podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so happy to be hanging out with you guys today. Whether you're new or you've hung out with me before, I am just so grateful to be in your ears right now and for the privilege of just being able to spend some time with you. So this week I have been thinking a lot about when my kids were little, and right now they are 16 and 18, and This is that year that I have dreaded for so long, which is my oldest senior year of high school. And I think that I dreaded it for so long because I knew that it would mean kind of the coming to a close of our parenting years with our kids at home with us, and I knew I would miss them. But now that it's here, while I do find I'm kind of grieving some things throughout the year, I'm also looking backwards a lot and thinking about the things we did when they were little, activities that we did, but also what we thought parenting would look like now, right? Like kind of future casting with that, but also thinking back to what parenting was like back then. And specifically this week, I was thinking about a parenting class that my husband and I took together when our son was about a year old. In fact, while we were in the parenting class, we found out we were pregnant with our second. And um, I just remember that class being super interesting and great because it brought Philip and I to the same page in our parenting. We were able to discuss things that might have caused some disruption or conflict, if you will, if we had not talked about them in advance. So in a lot of ways, it was a great parenting class because it put us on the same page. But I will say there was a lot to that class that we kind of set to the side because we felt like it was a little too maybe authoritarian or rules-based rather than grace and loving-based. So anyway, all that to say that one of the strategies that they shared with us as we were going through this parenting class is that it was super important to make sure we had a family identity. And one of the things that they said to do with that was to maybe come up with a a fun name that identified your kids, right? So for us, we started calling our two, the Kelly kids, pretty early on. And we have done it since then because it's For us, since we have a boy and a girl, I guess it was, for me, the equivalent of hollering out, like, girls, if you only have two girls, or boys, if you only have boys at home. So for us, it was Kelly Kids, and we still use it, and now that they're teens, I think it really drives them crazy, but I'm okay with that, because I think it boils down to that identity thing that I was just talking about. So I thought I would share that tip with you guys, but then I got to thinking about it, and I thought, you know... You can't just slap a name on things and that be your identity. There has to be so much more behind it, right? Because one of our biggest human needs is to belong somewhere. And as I went through and kind of researched this a little bit for the episode, I found a lot of things that kind of they have the same party line, which is basically that everybody has an innate need to belong. And if you don't 
create that identity and that belonging situation with the teens in your life, whether you're a parent or a teacher, then teens are going to look for that maybe in unhealthy places. So they'll start looking for acceptance and identity outside their home, outside their family in ways that might be like risky behavior. So I'm just going to share a couple of quotes that I found from you. One of them is from a guy I respect so much. He runs Heartlight Ministries. His name is Mark Gregston, and this is what he said. And I have a link to this article in my show notes. So he says, belonging can't be bought. It can't be forced, but it can be taught, nurtured, and modeled. Why should a parent nurture their teen's sense of belonging in their own family? Because if they don't, the teen will go on a quest to find belonging in all the wrong places. And then later in the article, he says, if your child isn't feeling a sense of belonging at home, they will seek it somewhere else regardless of the cost. And then I also found an article that was really great from an organization in Somerset County, New Jersey. It's an organization called Middle Earth. And this is what their article said. Children with a strong sense of belonging within their family see themselves as valuable and have self-respect and carry themselves with dignity and integrity. So I really thought about that. And, and without being able to put it into those words, I feel like Philip and I have tried to do that with our kids, but I've also seen in teens that I've worked with or teens who are friends with my own kids, how true it is that if your teen does not feel like they have that solid home base where they belong, I think it's a lot more difficult for them to navigate things like peer pressure and um, wanting to try things that aren't going to be in their best interest. Now, I don't want to be all um, dire and and warning and gloom and doom, because I, I think that there is some middle ground here a little bit. But, you know, I don't think if if someone doesn't provide this, that your kid's going to necessarily go out and join a gang or start doing drugs or start being promiscuous. But I think it's maybe a little more likely that if if they're not only feeling um, a lack of identity at home, but also a rejection at home, that that might push them towards those behaviors as well. So anyway, what I wanted to talk about today is what belonging and identity at home and also in a classroom might look like. And one of the things, um, because you guys know I love reading and I love story in particular, what I wanted to talk about was how we find people's looking for their belonging and stories a little bit first, because I think it's something we're all familiar with. So if you're not sure exactly what I mean when I'm talking about finding a place to belong or identity, then I thought these examples might help create a, a clearer picture. So for instance, in Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is struggling to figure out where he belongs, and he is figuring out that he belongs with, of course, the Jedis. And Harry Potter obviously belongs um, in the magical world, but if you really drill down into it, he also belongs in Hogwarts. And in Hogwarts, he belongs in Gryffindor. So it, it you know, you go deeper and deeper into the circle of things there. Um, I thought I'd throw this one in just for kicks, but Bella Swan belonged with the vampires, right? And with the Cullen family of vampires. Percy Jackson belonged with the demigods. So all of these are stories really about teens or young adults 
figuring out where they belong and where they don't. And that should sound familiar to you if you've been listening to the show for a while, because I talk a lot about developmental appropriateness in teens. And one of those characteristics is figuring out who they are and who they're not. So figuring out where they belong is a huge part of a teen's development. And if you want to know a little bit more about that, of course, and this is um, in my show notes as well, you can get um, the free ebook that I created with my friend Tammy Scow, who's a counselor. Anyway, and we also talk about that teen development at length in episodes 35 and 36. Again, links to everything in my show notes. But I also think that there are some specific characteristics of a family and of a classroom too that help create the sense of belonging and identity. So that's what I'm gonna go through right now. First, I would say to help create a sense of belonging and a sense of identity, you show up for each other. So what that looks like within a family would be showing up when there's something important going on in your teen's life or your teen's showing up for you even as well. So in our family, that looks like us all going to, my daughter's band performances, us all going to my son's um, theater performances when he was in theater, um, really having a, a clear working knowledge of what's going on extracurricularly in their lives. I think that is a, a, a huge piece of creating that sense of connection and belonging. And in a classroom, you can do the same things. I know teachers are super busy, but especially at the middle school level, when a lot of times things are right there on campus, it's sometimes a great idea to try to go and see your students' basketball games or if they're playing sports there at school or the school play or or find ways where you can have like the biggest bang for your buck where you can see Uh, maybe several students participating in something or working on something and uh, just to show that you support them, right? So the next thing that I would say that creates a sense of belonging is demonstrating and modeling loyalty. This is where you have each other's back and you take up for each other and you make sure that the energy that's in your classroom or in your home is one of We are for each other and we are a team, right? Now, I will say, um, especially in the teen years, and I experienced this personally myself and I'm witnessing it with my own kids, and, and that is that siblings especially might struggle at this point in the relationship because especially if you have two teens at the same time and they're figuring out who they are, there can be a lot of conflict, confrontation, what have you. But I will say one of the rules that we had when they were smaller, again, going back to that parenting class that we took, was if they had a friend over, if one of my kids had a friend over and they were not treating their sibling as well or as nicely as they were treating their guest, then the guest would have to go home. So we treat each other as well, if not better, as we treat others. So that's an idea we've tried to reinforce now that they're teens, that's a little bit too elementary, I would say, for us to, to kind of nail that down in that same way. But we do try to remind them that if you can have patience and kindness with your friend, you can have it with your sibling too, right? 
Okay, and in the classroom, standing up for each other, like I know that many, many schools, if not all schools, have bullying programs, um, anti-bullying programs, I should say, and really kind of reinforcing that and maybe even going a little bit further and having them say positive things to each other. That leads right into the third point that I have about this, which is you got to remind each other who you are. So sometimes when your teen is feeling lost, or maybe you are even feeling lost if you've had a job transition or there's some kind of big life event going on, sometimes as a place where someone belongs, as like a family or a classroom, you hold on to who the other person is for them when they are really struggling. And what that looks like is reminding them of who they are. So for me, one of the things that I did, I remember my daughter, and this has been several years ago, she was probably 12, 13-ish, and we were in Target. And I just remember she was saying a couple of things that were very derogatory about herself. And I'm like, hold up now, like you need to take a step back And I understand that you're feeling frustrated right now about these things, but I need you to shift gears and I need you to say 10 positive things that you like about yourself. Like really quick, just name 10 things that you like. And so I prompted her to go through all 10 of those things. So I think reminding each other who we are also means not allowing anyone to say anything derogatory about your students or your children including themselves. And and I've said that to my kids before, like, I love you too much to let anybody talk about you that way, including you, like you are not allowed to speak about yourself in that way. So also to create a sense of belonging, you've got to respect each other. So again, that's speaking highly of each other. I think that's something that I've really learned. I want my kids to catch me, not necessarily bragging on them, but speaking highly of them when they hear me talking to other people about them. And I wanted that when I taught school as well. Like I wanted my classes to hear me saying, oh my gosh, this group is so great. I just love the discussion we had in class the other day. I've been amazed by what they've done. I want them to hear me saying those kinds of things because that builds them up in in ways I think they probably don't realize and we probably don't either. Just the way the opposite tears down and breaks down trust if you are sharing frustrations. And not that you can't share frustrations with close friends and advisors, but when it's a situation where it's a complaining nature versus a, hey, I'm coming to you because I really need some advice or even I really need to blow off steam, you need to make sure you are very careful where and when you do that because that will affect your teen's sense of belonging in the classroom but then also if you we look at that in terms of parenting it really will affect things there as well like i've seen it affect things there as well it can be hurtful beyond what we 
comprehend in the moment. When your teen hears you maybe disparaging them to other people, that's hurtful and it does create that sense of not belonging and of being rejected. Okay, the next thing that is great for helping uh, create a sense of belonging is by keeping traditions. And I know this time of year, there are probably a lot of traditions that come into play with all the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah or any of those things. But I'm talking about the day-to-day traditions. And so for, for my family, it's things like our inside jokes. So there are things that we have experienced. Usually, as I was kind of making this list, I was thinking, wow, a lot of these happen when we were on vacation together, which makes sense to me because those are the times when we're, we're really connected and when we're relaxed and we're really enjoying each other and having fun together. So a couple of the ones I remembered is um, a couple of years ago, we drove from Dallas down to Destin, Florida, and we realized along the way that there were waffle houses like every two miles. So it became a game to kind of count every single waffle house. I don't know why we thought that was so funny, but we did. I think we counted close to 30 in between Dallas and Destin. And so anyway, now we always point out the Waffle Houses together. Or this summer we went on a trip where my husband had to drive in a foreign country and It wasn't one of the countries where you drive on the opposite side of the road, but it was a country where there, where the language there was one he was not familiar with. So somehow we ended up driving on a sidewalk next to a hotel. And so both of my kids are getting their driver's licenses this year. My son just got his, my daughter is working on getting hers by December. So they are hyper aware of driving and how well their dad and I are driving or following the rules or not. You know, I'm sure if if there are those of you out there who have kids who are in driving school, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have this you have this backseat driver with you at all times who who's telling him when you've forgotten to turn on your blinker or you didn't stop soon enough at the stop sign, all those kinds of things. Anyway, all that to say, now we have a huge joke about dad driving on the sidewalk. So those are things that we go back to and they draw us together because they remind us of a time when we all belonged together and we were enjoying our time together, right? That's part of our family culture now. Um, In a classroom, I think you can do the same thing just in those little moments, finding those threads during your day of the things that maybe happen over and over and pointing them out, having a sense of humor about them, um, and not, of course, making fun of anybody in particular, unless it's yourself, right? Because you certainly don't want to be making fun of your students or your kids because that might do the opposite of what you're trying to do in creating a connection and a a sense of belonging. But really finding that humor and finding the things that you can go back to over and over again. And then also I think under this keeping the traditions category would be what I talked about earlier, which is the whole family name or identity. So for us, it's Kelly Kids. We have some friends who call their family like Team Garber. And so um, there's that. That is something that we've really used to forge that identity of you belong to us. You are part of us. You are part of something bigger than yourself. And when I taught school, The middle school that I taught in did not have team sports. Here in Texas, they do, but I do know in many other states, they don't have team sports at the middle school level. So what we would do where I was, 
we teamed, we had pure teams, we would name the teams. And I think ours was the tsunamis at one point. Um, and the kids got to choose the name. So we were riding the wave to success and that kind of thing. So within our little group where we had the same social studies teacher, English teacher, math teacher, and science teacher, we had that identity of, of all our kids belong to us. We were in a sense, a family. So you could do that. You could have, you know, like if I taught school now, I would probably call my students, you know, my Kelly kids. All right, Kelly kids, let's roll this way or, you know, do the next thing, whatever it is. But you get the idea. Really kind of putting a name on things that says you're putting kind of that stake in the ground and saying, this is where you belong. Okay, the last idea around creating a sense of belonging is holding very clear values and beliefs. And what I mean by that is that everyone knows what your family values are or your classroom values are and what the outcome is, is for violating them, but also why you hold them. So for us, some of our values are Kelly's love each other, Kelly's tell the truth even when it's hard. And they're just some things that we try to lace into our everyday lives. We talk about them all the time so that our kids know that this is who we are, this is what we stand for, and why we stand for them and why they're important to us. For instance, the loving each other one, um, one of the, the things that we really want our kids to absorb is the fact that they are going to be the only two people who have the same experience and memories of childhood. And once their dad and I are gone, they're going to be all that they each have of each other, of our family left. They're going to be the people who have that kind of connection forever and ever, all the way through their adulthood and to when they are elderly, right? So that's super important. The other thing that we try to do to help instill that sense of value and beliefs, um, for me, one of the things that I would do in the mornings with my kids is I would try to say the same thing to them in the car on the way to school every day. Now, I don't know how much good it did because I know when they were really little and in their younger years of elementary school, we would, if you're familiar with the, the armor of God that's in Galatians, if you're a Christian, you might be familiar with that. If you're not, it's it's a verse where it talks about putting on the breastplate of righteousness and carrying the sword of faith. And anyway, I would go through that every morning. I don't know that they remember it at all, but it was fun to do. And we'd actually like do the motions in the car together on the way to school. Um, now that they're older, since middle school probably, if I am the one who takes them to school, drops them off, then I have like a little blessing that I speak over them. And I think it's probably right now something they tune out, but I, I really believe that when they're older, they're gonna remember every word of it because they're hearing it every morning, every morning, every morning. And um, and this is what I say to them. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And Lord, let Patrick and Phoebe grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor, most of all with you, God, and with the people around them and give them a love and a passion for you and your word. So I say that every morning every morning, every morning. And so I feel like that is just another way that I'm reinforcing that you belong to me. You belong. We are family. You are important. You're valuable. You are someone that I hold dear and that I hold in high esteem. 
Um, the other thing that, that I'll do is when they get out of the car, a lot of times I'll call one of them back or both of them back and, and say, Hey, do you know that you are my very favorite senior boy in the whole wide world? Or do you know that you are my favorite 16 year old girl in the whole wide world? So, and they roll their eyes and they're like, all right, mom, bye. But again, regardless of how they respond to it, I know that it's kind of like the dripping into, I think I've explained this um, analogy to you guys before, where I think of my kids as two liter bottles and I am just drip, 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 dripping information, values, love, like all the things into them a teeny tiny bit at a time because anything more would be like trying to fill a two liter bottle with a fire hose. Okay. All right. So those are the different ways that that you can help create belonging and identity in your family and in your classroom. And let me go back here for just a second with the being clear on your values and beliefs. That's something that teachers start on the very first day of school, teaching your policies and procedures and your classroom protocol and those kinds of things. I think explaining why you've chosen the different rules that you have, kind of your values behind them, and being able to point back to them throughout the year, that is what creates that safe classroom environment where kids feel like they belong. Okay, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and I read a couple of quotes that talked about when kids don't have an identity, that they sometimes engage in risky behaviors, and that's true. But with this, I don't want to take the, oh my gosh, the sky is falling root. Just because you don't check all the boxes like, oh my gosh, I've got to come up with a special name for my kids or we've got to have, you know, we've got to count our waffle houses or whatever it is. If you don't have that, that doesn't mean that your teen is necessarily going to rebel or become promiscuous or start doing drugs or join a gang. I think a lot of it has to do not just with what you're doing, but your thought and your energy and your intentionality behind it, because your kids feel that too. And while I think it is super valuable to be very direct and communicate these things very clearly and plainly to your kids because you're being intentional about it and you've thought it through, if you haven't been doing that, that is okay. I think we all have times when we feel like we're not doing enough or we beat ourselves up or or we get discouraged and we maybe look at some behavior in our teens and think, wow, if I had just been more blank, then my teen wouldn't be struggling with blank. And that is not the truth because your kids arrive on this earth. I am convinced they arrive on this earth with a personality and with a way that they are wired. So rather than kind of reaching back and beating yourself up for things that you haven't done or you wish you had done or, or those kinds of things, what I would challenge you to do this week is to think about all these different things that I've talked about, showing up for each other, demonstrating loyalty, reminding each other of who we are, respecting each other and keeping traditions and holding clear values and beliefs. Like, wow, that's an overwhelming list. Like just going through it, it is overwhelming. And I want to be the first one to assure you, like I don't go through and necessarily consciously think about this list every single moment of every single day of every single week. 
But what I do try to do is think about it overall and think about places where I'm dripping and drops of of this idea of belonging and identity into my kids throughout a given week. So I would challenge you in the coming week, pick one way you're going to communicate to the teens in your life that you are holding a place for them, that they belong in your classroom, in your family, that they have value, that they are adored and appreciated and all those good things. Because I feel like if you are making that effort and you have that energy of loving and embracing and accepting them and your classroom or your family is characterized by that energy of reaching towards those things, even if you don't hit the mark, your kids are going to benefit from that intentionality. So that is my hope for you that you can create that with your kids. What I'm really hoping is that you've listened to this and have been able to say, oh, wow, I do that. I didn't realize that 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 I was creating belonging by doing that, but that's what I was doing. So Because I do think that we, if you're listening to this, that tells me that you are already committed to um, nurturing and loving the teens in your life anyway. So I have a feeling that probably a lot of you are doing these things instinctively and naturally anyway. Okay, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. Like I said before, it is such a privilege to be in your earbuds or on your car speaker system or, or wherever you're listening. And I would love to hear from you about how you are creating a sense of belonging in your kid's classroom or um, at home with your teens. You can reach me on Instagram and on Facebook. All of that information is in my show notes. And so I would love to hear from you. And I would also love to be able to share stuff like this with as many people as I possibly can. It really is my heart to encourage and equip parents and teachers to serve the teens in their lives well. So if you would, I would love for you to hop onto iTunes and rate and review Connection Not Perfection. And that really goes a long way to helping other people find the podcast. All right, until next time, from an ish girl who is so excited that Thanksgiving is just around the corner. It is all about connection, not perfection.